Come on. The time is right. The time is now. Welcome to Lifeblood. Be well and welcome our guest, strong and powerful Udo Erasmus. Welcome, Udo. Glad, glad to be on. Excited to have you on. Udo is the founder of Udo's Choice. He's the author of Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. He is a pioneer in the health and wellness industry. Again, excited to have you on. Udo, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, okay. So the long back story is I was born during the Second World War, and we were refugees when I was not yet three, with the communists chasing us. Of course, Hitler created the mess. The Pope uh, had an agreement with Hitler not to talk about it. And we were fleeing down uh, uh, dirt roads on horse-drawn hay wagons, mothers and young children. And the allies, the good guys, were using us as target practice. There was no military presence on those roads. So they were basically shooting at us from planes. Hmm. So it was a pretty hectic time. And I just remember not feeling safe and being hungry and, you know, confusion, anxiety, not knowing what I could trust. And um, that, you know, it sounds like pretty horrendous. And it was at the time. But now I look at it as a gift. Because what it did is it focused me very early on how people live together. And when I was six years old and I was listening to yet another argument between adults about something that I thought as a six-year-old was really trivial, hmm. a thought came to me, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And then this little cocky voice said, I'm going to find out how, you know, being six years old, not knowing how complicated everything is. <laughs> right. So that's where it started. And that's be basically been my driver. That's got me into science, trying to understand how things work, into, into biology to understand how creatures work, into psychology to understand how thinking works, and into medicine to think how health works. But I only learned about disease so that I went back into biochemistry and genetics because that's where you learn about health because you're studying the natural system. And so, and then I got, eventually I left university and got into self-knowledge because ultimately what I needed to know most is how I work. So that, that's a short version of the long story. Nice. So I was reading on your website, talk about how essentially born into hell and going through yeah. that awful experience that you had to go through and sort of a winding crooked road to, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, uh, heaven. Yes. Um, I, I did not come I did not slip out of my mother's body with clear goals. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I, uh, I'm, I like to think that I have a healthy perspective on things. I like to think about mm -hmm. how important it is for me to keep a clear sense of where I am in the world. And, you talking about how you're so grateful for that awful experience and how you mm -hmm. probably barely made it out alive and you're fortunate just to have done that and now to have had this massive impact that you've had. How, how, how do you think about perspective? Well, it's, well perspective is contextual. So, you know, whatever you focus on, you learn. So whether that's outside or whatever topic it is or or whether you're doing it visually or auditory, you know, whatever you focus on becomes your, you, you know, you, you learn about it, you get to know it, and then that becomes where you draw perspective from. 
So it so it's important, I think, in terms of education, that you expose kids to as many different possibilities as you can, because it gives them a better, broader basis for developing perspective. And my perspective is, if there's one perspective to focus on, it would be the one that is most neglected. And that would be the perspective of what is true according to life. So we talk about cultures and we talk about religions and we talk about national perspectives, but what is life's perspective on living, on people, on the world, on the environment, on the politics, on the relationships, on health? What is life's perspective? Because life created all that and life runs all that. And the people who come up with new ideas that didn't exist before had to go somewhere to find what they found. And most of them had a way of getting connected to life in some way and discovering life's wisdom in whatever the thing is that they discovered uh, that wisdom in because they couldn't go to experts for that. They had to go inside for that. Is this, um, <laughs> we were talking uh, offline about how, you know, I'm probably going to tell me I'm, 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 I'm wrong at some point and it's probably going to be early here. Is, <laughs> is, 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 is that kind of like the hero's journey where I'm, I'm in my everyday world and I get called to adventure, some problem happens, I need to go pursue that? Yeah, I think the hero's journey is uh, Joseph Campbell's perspective on the on the journey of discovery, on the journey of self-development, on the journey of growing up, on the journey of making contributions in, in the world you live in. So, uh, so yeah, in, and some people call that the, the hero's journey. If you understand that every human being is a journey and every human being overcomes challenges in the normal f- fact of living, right? So it's not like a hero who is untouchable. This is like ordinary people on a hero's journey because every journey has challenge and every journey has perks and every journey has has learning and every journey has gifts in it. And then if the journey gets completed, then the gift is brought back to the community and shared with the people in that community. That's a good journey. Everybody's on that journey. Not maybe some maybe a lot of people have not finished it yet. Like eight billion people have not finished that journey. yet. Right. Give or give or take. Yeah. And and it sounds to me that 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 you are constantly sort of seeking out that that the next stage of your journey. And I don't know if that's if you think that's true or not. Yeah. Well, kind of. I I got to a point when I was thirty where I realized that what was most important I already had, but I had no contact with it, which is what's within us. So you know, if I say you know, instead of instead of describing my staircase in the back, I would rather look at what is present, especially on an energetic level, in the space my body occupies. Because all of the things we deep down seek is already there. And we were in that place in our mother's womb for nine years if we're term babies. And there was nothing to do, nowhere to go. And our awareness was at 
rest inside in its source in life. And so we lived the, the exalted state, the Buddha state, the enlightened state, whatever you call that, the unconditionally loved state, the perfect peace state, all exist within us. But in the process of living in the world, we get disconnected from it. And then we look for them outside and we never find them until we get to the point where we say, you know what, what I'm missing, I already have. Or somebody tells us what you're looking for, you are, you've already got, but you've got to bring your focus inside into your own being. Get present to that in a stillness practice and discover for yourself that you've always been whole and then live your life from wholeness instead of living from fear, live from inspiration. Instead of, instead of living from poverty, something's always missing. Live from richness, because your life, by nature, is the greatest treasure that you will ever have, no matter what your story is. Beautifully said. So, so we are, we, 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 we've always been whole this, this nine month gestation period inside of our mother's belly is this perfect state. Mm -hmm. And then we come out in the world and all this garbage gets piled on top of us. And then we hit 30 years old or whenever we realize, Oh, everything that I need, I already have. I just need to sort of figure it out. Yeah. Usually, usually I think it comes that, that our heart aches because we've been trying to figure it out and we just can't find it and we're not just not getting it. And then at some point you say, you know, if I if it's not out there, maybe it's you know, or somebody usually somebody says something about you. Know, well, maybe it's in you inside of you. Maybe what you're looking for is inside of you, and then you start to consider that, and then it's like, okay, well, how do I get in there? You know, and 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 then the journey begins. And I literally, for me, when I was the the war ended before I was three, I was still bitching about it when I was 26. And one day I was sitting in the sunshine, just considering that, just not doing anything. And it occurred to me, oh, my God, this whole time that I've been going through all my stuff that I'm complaining about, something took perfect care of me from inside. And I've never even given it an acknowledgement. So it's just like 24 years later, right? Say, so, oh, my God. Well, maybe, you know, if it took such took care of me and saw me through everything because here I am, right? I could have been killed. I could have been, you know, I, my, my body could have been completely wrecked. Here I am. I'm completely functional. And maybe it makes some sense that I would make friends with this incredible life that took perfect care of me loved me unconditionally through everything, through all my dramas and all my traumas. And that was a big turning point for me. And then, of course, if you want to get to know life, then you got to go and you got to look inside because your life is not hanging from a tree. Your life is inside your body. So something inside your body that loves you unconditionally, that is always content, that is always rich and full, and you have it, you carry it with you wherever you go, that's a, that's a cool friend to have. Amen. Yeah. So for people who, who are listening, they say, okay, um, maybe I can start asking myself that question. Maybe it is inside me also. That sort of begins their yeah. process. Do you, do you segment things out? Like, okay, I need to address my physical body. I need my mental health. I need my spiritual well-being. How do you think about that? Well, I, I divide it into eight pieces. 
One is awareness, which is the deepest part. Second is life energy, which is unconditional love for the body. That's the second. Then inspiration, which comes out of the shine of life into the world. Then physical body. Then survival smarts, which is the survival part of mind or the protective part of mind. Then social group. Then um, natural environment. And then big picture. And each one of those has a different nature, a different function, needs a different kind of attention on a regular basis, goes off in a different way in response to a different kind of intervention. So you have to fundamentally, if you want to live the best life, you want to be fully present in all of your being and your surroundings and give everything its due. So if I'm, I'm listening, I say, okay. So there's, there's probably new learnings that need to take place within each of these. So mm-hmm. I need to sort of level up and learn how to, 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 to do these things. Yeah. And then I need to figure out how to actually make it part of my life so that I'm not spending my whole, entire waking time doing this. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a work in progress every day because every day your senses will take you out away from yourself. That's a survival thing. That's natural. That's not a bad thing. That happens to every human being because you have to get to know the world. You don't need to get to know the world when you're in the Buddha tank, the, the, the womb, right? Yeah, you have to get to know that in your senses. Every day will take you out. Whenever there's change, you've got to check it out because it's survival value. Coming back has to be deliberate. But there's nothing inside that says, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. So how do you do that? The best way, in my opinion, from my experience, is that when you feel heartache, or you feel uneasy. There's a, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable feeling in people's chest. I don't know anybody who doesn't know that feeling that I've talked to. That feeling is your call. It's the call of your heart for your awareness or your focus to come back home inside to its source in life. And that has to be deliberately done. What helps is that when you, when you feel heartache or emptiness or blues, or striving, yearning, loneliness, sorrow, grief, all of those. We don't like those feelings, but those feelings bring us so close to our heart. So what I say, sit with that feeling. Sit still with that feeling. Don't judge it, just feel it. Because less than a hair's breadth behind that is your life, your love, your master, your your magnificence, your wholeness, all that good stuff that we want is just behind that heartache. And we tend to not like heartache, so then we distract ourselves or blame it on somebody or ignore it, deny it, try to explain it away. And it's missing the point. The point is this is your call to come home to yourself. Answer that call if you want to have a good life. How concerned are you about about humanity? Oh, I think if we don't do what I'm talking about in one way or another, we may well not survive this century. Yeah, that's not, that's not I, you know, because it's, it's from our disconnection from ourselves and not finding it back and not being encouraged to find it back that, we've, that we're destroying the environment and we're destroying the politics. And we're, so we're destroying the, the you know, the, the, the collective, right? And we're destroying our relationships and we're destroying our health. Because when I get to the place where I feel whole and feel cared for, then I'm going to take care of everything. 
because it feels worth living. And then it's then and then because of that, I see the world different because now I see the world from a place of love rather than, oh, there's enemies and there's danger. And so I see it from a perspective of love and so I will live into it from a perspective of love. And when we do that, if 8 billion people do that, the world will change overnight to what a world would look like when love was put into it, which is kind of what we're here for, <laughs> which is kind of what we're not doing most of the time. Do you think that that um, there've been some conversations, a lot more conversations around mental health with Simone Biles in the Olympics, and there was just a, a documentary yeah. on tennis player Marty Fish that kind of came out. Do you think that those are, are are sort of green sprouts? Green sprouts, like 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 new opportunity growing. Well, I would say it this way: um, the faster we go with our gadgets and our mental ment mentation, right? The faster we go, the more problems we're going to have. The more we get stuffed into our heads, because we have a lot of encouragement to get into our head. Every skill we learn and all of that, so much knowledge, stuffing our heads. But there is no mental illness in the feeling of life. There's no mental illness in awareness. There's no mental illness in inspiration. There's no mental illness even in the in what your knee feels like or your bum feels like on the chair or or you know your fingernails or you know there's no, there's like there's no mental illness anywhere except in the cortex and some of its connections and you can make yourself physically sick from too much thinking too much of the wrong kind of thinking but the thinking is this very small part of your being so if you know that there's more to your being than, than being driven crazy by your thoughts, then all you have to do is change your focus to a place that is not thinking. There's no mental illness in a place where there is no thinking, right? And so when somebody is mentally ill, it's because they become preoccupied with their thoughts or, their, or the emotions, which are also based on thoughts. If they knew that right next to their mental illness is mental health or absence of mental illness, then they would begin to have a choice. Do I, do I want to spend, spend my time focused on the thoughts that are driving me crazy? Or do I want to spend my time, you know, a little deeper in the body where, where all the juice, where all the good stuff is? And when you start to have choice, then you basically are, are in the, back in the driver's seat. Right. So so and and you can say that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of encouragement to get into our head. And we have to indiv as individuals make the choice of where we want to base our life from or what we want to base our life on. And I'd rather base it on a feeling of of being of feeling cared for than on a. Oh, yeah, I'm a war kid and blah, 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 blah. But you know, all the negativity that comes from that if I haven't processed it and made it useful to myself. Right? Beautiful. Thank you. Well, Udo, the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for oh, them? Yeah. Uh, the difference-making <laughs> tip. What is the difference-making tip? Honestly, I would say this. Solar energy goes into green plants, gets stored in the bonds of molecules, 
that become your food. When you eat those foods and break them down, that solar energy is released. That is your life. That's the way science looks at it. But if you sit, if you do a stillness practice where you sit down in a safe place and you you get rid of your distractions as much as you can and you allow your awareness to go inside, then when you look into your inner darkness, you will discover there's light there. You are that light. And that light, if you go deep enough into it and you become one with it, so it's like we're going from seeing the light to being the light. When you become that light, you discover that the master that all the religions or all the cultures talked about, who had a message, that the message was, what is in me is in you, in every human being, is that master. And my summary of the master's message is, I am come not to judge, but to love. And that is what weighs nothing runs your life, runs your whole, runs your body, runs your world, and is your deeper identity. When you go to that place, everything starts to fall into place. Because now you're actually present in your life. And, and you discover that you are the life. Most of the time we think we act like we were the body. But we're not. Because, you know, if you say to me, whose body is that? I would say this is my body. Well, if this is my body, I'm not the body. I'm the owner. And we say it all the time. This is my body. This is my, it's like my watch. You know, this is my watch. I'm not the watch. I own the watch. I'm not the body. I own the body. And when we get to know that owner, we, f we feel cared for and everything starts to work. Fully present in all of my being and my surroundings, not lost in thoughts in my head. That's where the life of great abundance begins to be really abundant. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. So I'm, I'm not talking about living from fear. I'm talking about living from inspiration now. That's always a better life. Go there. I love it. I'm going to have to re-listen a couple, a couple of times, but... <laughs> But yeah, but I think I got it. Wonderful. Well, Udo, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Okay. Uh, in terms of products, which we never talked about, I work with oils, enzymes, probiotics, health stuff. Uh, Udo's Choice, U-D-O-S-Choice.com. And then I have some educational material and some courses and, and some other things on theudo.com, T-H-E-U-D-O.com. And uh, I have an overview book called The Book on Total Sexy Health that is an overview of like this whole eight-part territory that we've been talking about, I've been talking about. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Udo your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to udoschoice.com. That's U-D-O-S-C-H-O-I-C-E.com. And check out all the, the wonderful products that we didn't get a chance to talk about, but um, that Udo has spent a lot of time working on and developing. And go to theudo.com, it's T-H-E-U-D-O.com, and pick up a copy of the book, which goes over the eight different areas that Udo was just explaining and laying out to us. And the name of the book again is what? 
the book on total sexy health, the eight key parts designed by nature. Excellent. Thanks again, Udo. All right. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.